Welcome everyone to NEC Now on the NEC Overtime Pod. This is Ron Ratner with the Northeast Conference, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, Romario Thomas, a track and field student athlete at St. Francis, Brooklyn. Romario, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, we want to get into your uh, career prior to, during, and then what's going to happen to you after St. Francis College. But let's get started by saying you're from Jamaica and you've take, you took an interesting route to even get to St. Francis uh, College. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, um, interestingly, uh, I, you know, at first I didn't know if I wanted to attend university in the United States. Um, I love my country and I got, not that I didn't want to as well, but I didn't um, get the opportunities presented to me because track and field is a really competitive world in, in Jamaica. And so um, while I was running 49s, like my, my peers were running, you know, 47s, uh, 46. So, I mean, that's what like top colleges were looking for. So um, I was more so said to um, college back home, but it's also competitive there. So I didn't wait for an opportunity to come to me. I went out and I started using uh, different websites to find um, universities. And I came across Northern State University, which is in South Dakota. Um, they gave me a really good opportunity, um, a really good start um, to go there. They had a really amazing uh, track and field program. I had uh, two wonderful years there. Um, you know, my first year at conference uh, being in the all-conference four by 400 meter uh, relay team um, and going on to win like Nebraska uh, tune-up at Nebraska University. Um, some exciting times there. Um, but of course it was, it was challenging um, coming straight from Jamaica to probably one of the coldest states in America. Um, <laughs> I had my challenges, uh, um, but I had like a really great staff uh, um, in athletics to work with. Um, Sadly, like while I was there, uh, you know, I, I, I worked a lot while I was there. I ran a lot of races and um, I got, you know, injuries that, you know, brought, which I, which I came over into St. Francis with. And, you know, I've been struggling with those injuries for the, the last two years I've been at St. Francis College. But St. Francis College has been nothing more than supportive to me, um, helping me to blossom in every aspect that I could. Um, and, you know, just being there supporting me and like, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So how, tell me about that transition. I can't think of three more different spots than Jamaica to Aberdeen, South Dakota, <laughs> yeah. then to Brooklyn is your three yeah. stops you made. How was it, you know, the cultural differences, the food differences, just the weather differences? How, how did you react to all yeah. that? Well, culturally, and uh, South Dakota was shocking. <laughs> it was really shocking. You know, it's it's a great culture. Like I I really um, love the people and everything. Um, was just not like the right place for me because like I I love my food as well. Um, that's a big part of my culture. I found the food a bit bland. Um, I find myself every time going to the cafeteria, I had to go recook the food in my like in the dorm kitchen. <laughs> Um, just to have like add a little spice to it um, so that was kind of stressful um, also what inspired my transition as well um, from South Dakota to Brooklyn is that I wanted to be closer to my family 
and like I found it a little bit remote being in South Dakota, um, you know, being in Aberdeen, South Dakota, there was only a regional airport, no international airport. So I had to travel like five hours away to Minneapolis to get on a flight that I could afford to get to Jamaica or to get to North Carolina or so forth, where my family is based. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I moved. When I got to Brooklyn, um, to St. Francis, it, it was just amazing because, you know, it's it's a really, New York is a really diverse city and especially Brooklyn. Um, and I found my people and I, I was just happy. It's just happily ever after. That's awesome. So you're a biology major, and for everyone watching or listening, you have a 393 GPA you graduated with, so congrats for that. That's awesome. You're on our commissioner's honor roll. Um, you want to, I know that you want to pursue a career in the medical field. How early in your life did you know that this is the path you wanted to take? Well, I pretty much knew um, in high school. Um, so I... At first, I had like I had a business mind because I was saying to myself, "Oh, I need to. I can do business." I mean, I was. I'm not gonna say like I was a brilliant child, but I was really hardworking. So I was doing well in all subject areas. Didn't matter what was thrown at me, I could really get into it and do well at it. Um, so I I wasn't really sure, but I was more sticking towards the business aspect because at that point in my life in high school. Um, you know, the story is that my mother, you know, we come from humble beginnings. So she didn't really have a lot to provide, um, especially she really loves education and values it very much. But a lot of times she didn't, she had to choose between getting food for us or sending us to school. So I didn't want that for myself. So I started saving my lunch money um, and I, you know, I bought one bag of sweets. And from that one bag of sweet, like I turned it into a business selling sweets from my bag at school. And so I was like, you know what? I'm really good at this. Maybe I should do business. <laughs> um, and then I, I kind of like had a turning point in my life where, you know, I had to take care of my grandpa um, and my grandmother while they were sick. And I was like, you know, what? I would really like to make an impact on the world in this way. So I think I'm gonna choose the sciences over uh, business, even though I, I feel like I could excel in both. Um, and I, granted, I will, I think I will be doing both, uh, running my own practice, um, that's also a business. Um, so that's how I went on to the science path. I realized that I could contribute so much more to the world, you know, just being in the healthcare field. That's great. Uh, so I learned in reading up on you that in the summer of 2019, there were 700 applicants to the Harvard yeah. Stem Cell Research Institute uh, internship. They picked 34, you, you're one of them. Um, yes. How did that come about that you even applied? And then when you found out that you were accepted, what was your reaction? Well, um, great question. Actually, um, I did not know anything about the Harvard internship program. I, you know, I'm not saying South Dakota didn't do a good job with uh, all the, you know, the mentors that I had and all the advisors that were there. But, you know, that one-on-one -on -one experience that I had at St. Francis was, it was just incredible. It was, 
I can't compare it to any other experience. I could go into the office and I could, I could just say, you know, this is what I want to do. And they'll, Dr. Ruiz uh, will make it happen. Like, that's who I usually go to, to, to like, you know, tell what my plans, tell her what my plans are and what I want to do with these plans and how do I want it to affect my future. Um, and she was really good at, you know, finding resources. So I went in there and went into her, her office and she was like, have you ever done any internships before? I was like, um, no, I don't think that international students, you know, have those opportunities because most of those programs are federally funded. Um, and she said, well, there has to be something. And she literally like went on her computer and she started scouring the internet. She's like, oh, here's one, Harvard. Here's one, um, I think it was Rockefeller uh, University. I think those were the only two programs that I, we actually found um, that weren't, uh, that applications weren't closed for that actually catered for the international populace. Um, so we applied and the rest was history. Um, I got accepted. Uh, I didn't really think I would get accepted, but she believed in me. Um, and she was like, come on, you've done really great things. You're a really great guy. Um, I can't see any reason why they would not accept you. And um, when I got the email that I was uh, accepted as a member of the cohort, I was, I was beyond excited. I was beyond excited. And the reaction was the same from Dr. Ruiz and the same from Dr. Dell. Oh my God, Dr. Dell was, I told her like in the hallway, um, it's just the entrance to the school and she started screaming and everyone was looking and she didn't care that everyone else was looking. So that's the type of reaction it was. It was just extreme um, excitement. It was just extreme love, extreme appreciation and everyone wishing me, you know, the best in my endeavor um, and the best in just the work that I would do there when I got there. So it was really amazing. What a great story. Um, when you get to Boston um, for, for this position, uh, you're a sprinter and you were able to marry some of your research with injuries that sprinters like you deal with. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So what I really focused on is tendon uh, generation. Um, and quite, you know, similarly, I was going through a tendon injury. <laughs> at the time, like my labor, my torn labor room. Um, so I was really excited to like, just, just, you know, delve into it a little bit more. And um, the bulk of my work really surrounded uh, just culturing stem cells. I did a lot of stem cell culture and um, really like examining them to see how they reacted to um, certain uh, chemicals, certain chemicals that act as antagonistic and, and and antagonistically, meaning that do they promote um, tendon generation or do they prevent tendon generation? So, you know, the lab already are, you know, it's common knowledge, I think, in the scientific realm of how to, you know, develop cartilage, but no one really studies tendons, which is like a more difficult injury to treat than muscle itself because of, you know, the lack of blood flow to that area. It's almost like elastic. Um, so that that was just like a great field for me to go into just because I know that so many athletes from Achilles tendonitis to, you know, just tendon in the, uh, tendon problems in the knees to my, you know, hip issue that I had. 
um, and I feel like that research would be so much, uh, so beneficial to especially the sports realm. Um, and it was just a fun time. I learned a lot. I learned a lot, and I did. I did um, actually, you know, had like great results that actually showed that one of the the small biological molecule that we were looking at was actually um, able to promote tendon generation. And so that was really exciting for me. And when I, I presented at um, our closing symposium, I was really happy because I had results to show. So it was exciting. Outstanding. So that was in the summer heading into your senior year. Senior year comes, I know you're hurt as far as track and field, um, but you, your studies go on. Then the pandemic hits. How hard has it been for you to kind of keep focus and kind of grind out that last semester uh, before graduation in your studies? Well, I, I should say, like, when you're in an environment where you have overwhelming support and you're not by yourself, then anything is possible, even when something that is off the rails as the pandemic happens. Um, one thing that I, I learned is that no man is an island. No man stands alone, you know. And St. Francis really embodies that. And if you, are, if you as a student um, learn to appreciate that and learn to just use that to your own advantage, then you can be successful. Um, so the pandemic really, uh, really wasn't a lot of challenge for me to just adapt and to, to just switch gears because I had people there basically holding my hands every step of the way, um, helping me to maintain focus. And it's not just people in the academic sphere, it was the administrators as well, really amazing administration at St. Francis College. Um, you know, just providing all the resources that they could to make sure that the transition was as smooth as possible. So at the end of the day, it really, just felt like a little a little nudge and not like a whirlwind kind of stuff everything confusing it it was really not that difficult um for me in the end because i had the support that i needed to at your at st francis brooklyn's virtual graduation uh you were one of the speakers what was your message to the graduating class of 2020 so to the graduating class of 2020 um I basically challenge them to identify their purpose. Um, because you can, you can be a person with a goal, but if you don't have a purpose, and as uh, our president always say, you'll be making a living and not a life. You know, you don't, you can't have a life without purpose. And I urge them to make their purpose, living their lives in service of others. Um, you know, making a difference in the world starts with making a difference in someone else's life. And I basically used my story as an example to them. I told them that, listen, I'm here, I'm somewhat successful, I'm on the right track, but if I didn't have the mentors that I had, if I didn't have the family that I had, the mother that I had, then I wouldn't be here. So I challenged them to go out into the world and be those same people so that you know, they could pull along people, even if they're, because like I mentioned, like a lot of people, um, the world gives up on a lot of people with immense potential just because they lack the resources um, and they lack the guidance. 
but if we as individuals, you know, you know, give unto, do unto others as we'd like um, them to do unto us, then of course we'd have a better world. So that was my challenge to the graduating class of 2020, find their purpose in life. That is a terrific message, Romario. Outstanding. Um, Thank you. So you move on now, you've graduated, uh, you have your degree in biology. I know it's, you're on to the next chapter of your career now. Why don't you tell everybody, it's exciting, what's next for you? So next for me is great uh, research at Duke University. Um, I'll be working in the uh, Trisky lab. I'll be looking at microphysiological systems, um, you know, just seeing and basically focusing on how the efficacy of drugs you know how how these drugs would affect um a certain um, physiological conditions um, in what concentration does it work or do they work in what concentration do they not so that will be the bulk of my research really exciting um because i'll also be doing a lot of stem cell culturing again um ultimately i want to focus on regeneration and i feel that this research will help me to build a solid uh, background in this and also making tremendous connections um, so that when I'm, you know, I'm, my aim is to get ready for medical school. And um, I'm gonna spend two years working um, at the Trusky Lab, um, you know, just honing my scientific skills and just being as prepared as possible for medical school. So it's an exciting journey. And um, I'm like, I can't wait to dig in. I can't wait to learn and I can't wait to contribute to this field. How excited is your family for what the future holds in store for you? My mom, I tell you, my mom is excited. <laughs> She's a crybaby. She she always <laughs> cries whenever something good or something bad happens, especially when something good happens, she cries. So um so I you know, from seeing her tears, I know she's very excited, she's very proud. And I'm happy that I made I made her proud, you know. And my family in general, everyone's excited for me. Um they're really looking forward to going, you know, going along this journey with me and to see where it takes me. You said you, you know, the future is medical school for you. Down yeah. the line, years down the line, what would be your dream job? Like, what is it that would make you the most happy? Orthopedic surgery, hands down. Um, I will be an orthopedic surgeon, but, you know, that's like the job on the surface. But what would make me really happy is you know as my job living i still do it now um but i want to do it on a wider scale um living a life uh, in service of others and i'm a big advocate for education so my aim is to make sure that you know students who you know have the same ambitions as i i did and i still have um that they get the best opportunities um as possible you know a lot of people of, my, of similar socio uh, geographical um, and economical background um, that I have, like, they have potential, but they just don't have the support. I want to be there as the person, as the conduit to provide that support for them. So whether it's starting a foundation or just motivating them um, in whatever way I, I can. So also being a motivational speaker, setting up my foundation um, to cater for um, children are were less fortunate and you know have big dreams um that are not easily realized without the the fund necessary funds needed so that's the direction that i'm going into with orthopedic surgery and with just um you know being an advocate for education as much as i can 
that would make me immensely happy. Unbelievable. Safe. Last question for you. St. Francis College, the, the, the small school of big dreams. Um, what is it? And, and I hear it all the time from um, graduates that come through there and you see it when you're on campus. It's a, you know, it's everybody knows everybody there. Um, the ties are strong. What is it that makes St. Francis College so special? I, you know, it's that, it's that bond. It's just that, that attitude that it's like, you're, you're not within yourself. You know, you are able to form those connections. And I think it's just the, you know, just the mission of St. Francis College. And, you know, it's, it's to be as, you know, it's a, it's a diverse environment, but to be as inclusive as possible. You know, St. Francis College actively tries to engage its students. Um, it actively tries to bring its students together, whether it's through music, whether it's through, through uh, cultural exhibitions, or whether it's just through different talks, or, you know, whether, you know, you, it's just, it's a diverse environment. There's inclusiveness. You can't ask for anything more than that. No one feels left out. And I think that's what makes St. Francis College so special because if you go there or if when students go there, I could guarantee that they will find um, someone similar, they will find someone different and they, they will all just meet in the middle because of what the environment, that small school of big dreams, what the environment provides and you know what the culture is there already. Nobody gets left behind. That would, that's what makes St. Francis College special. You could not ask for a better commercial for a school than you just gave right there. So, yeah. uh, Romario, you're the real deal. Uh, you are a very Thank impressive you. young man. And, and I hope that as you go through the early stages of your career, that maybe we can catch up with you along the way to see how your journey is going. Because I think your message is strong. And I think it's something that our student athletes and our communities uh, need to hear. So thanks so much for taking the time uh, to talk with us today. Sure, it's my pleasure, and thank you for having me. This is Ron Radner, and I just had spent some time with Romario Thomas, St. Francis College of Brooklyn, track and field student-athlete, now a graduate heading on to Duke University for the next stage of his career. Uh, and this was the NEC Overtime Pod. Thanks for listening.